my mom. My mom cared about people. My mom loved Jesus. I have my mother's Bible. I have two of them. They're all marked up to you know what. This is the calm Christian reading his mom's Bible. You know, I used to hear that Charles Stanley like was very influenced by his mom, by his mother. And he talks about her a lot. Charles Stanley, the guy who's about 80-something years old now. I actually met Charles Stanley when he was 79. He came to a place, a Christian church that was very near my old gym, um, north of Steele's in Markham. And I looked at his hands as he was talking to me, signing something. I think I bought a book from him and his, his hands were full of age, full of age spots. And I thought, this guy has seen some serious action. And that was years ago. And I think he's still alive. His son, Andy Stanley, is a preacher now. But he used to talk about his mother a lot. And, you know, I was listening to him when I was driving to work at 8.30 a.m. Monday to Fridays. I forgot the name of his um, In Touch. Is it called In Touch? And he would talk about his mother. like, oh, you're a mommy. He, he's influenced by his mommy. You know, I guess I'm making fun of him. I'm mocking him a little. So I, I do apologize to him. He would never hear this podcast, of course. And I do apologize to all of you fervent, hot-headed Charles Stanley followers. But I guess my mommy, the calm Christian's mommy, influenced me. My mother wasn't a perfect person. She wasn't a perfect Christian, but she loved Jesus. She was still in the church of the toxic narcissist as I was. But there was something different about my mother. She wasn't Sabbath-centric. She was Jesus-centric. And my mother didn't really dress really well. She didn't really put makeup on anymore after a certain time. Just a little bit of makeup. She didn't put lipstick on. Um, well, I remember she did when I was very young, but she didn't put it on anymore. She didn't really care about the appearance that much. She was a loving person, just a very loving person. She talked to everybody. She would stroll into uh, Miracle Food Mart at Parkway Plaza at 9.55 and the place is closing up at 10. Oh, here's Mrs. The Mother of the Calm Christian. And of course, my dad would be there because she couldn't drive or I'd be there because she couldn't drive. And, you know, she'd, I'd, you know, follow her around, of course, you know, help her with the groceries. And then, you know, I would help to bag the groceries and she's telling the cashier lady about Jesus. And I'm going, oh, this lady's crazy. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm so not wanting to be me right now. And you know, now that I'm here sitting in my apartment, my um, one bedroom on the main floor, I'm actually going back to my memories. And when you go back to your memories, because they're all you have, you know, everybody else has abandoned you, it seems, except God and Jesus. But people are not around. You know, you think of the memories, you think of your parents, you think of the people that were good to you. And of course you romanticize the memories you know, I, I, I say to you, I'm my mother's biggest fan. And I, I am. And I was. But, you know, we didn't really get along. I didn't really understand her. And I have her Bible and I want to show why. It's all the first chapter. If you could see the first page of the Bible, if you could see this, you wouldn't believe it. It's just, it's like Ken Ham. You know who Ken Ham is? Answers in Genesis. I went to the Ark and the Creation Museum and he had in a glass case a Bible from his mother or his father or some relatives and it was just marked up like it was in tatters 
And it reminds me of that saying, the man whose Bible is coming apart isn't. Or the woman whose Bible is coming apart isn't. This Bible is not coming apart, but it's just, there's so much stuff here. First Chronicles 28, 9. Colossians 3, 9 to 25. Colossians 2, 9, complete in Christ. No God, no peace. N-O God, N-O peace. No God, K-N-O-W God, K-N-O-W peace. She's got Psalms 104. Marriage is honorable, Hebrews 13, 4. This makes me weep. It makes me weep that this person loved Jesus so much and I just didn't really know him. We never sat down. We had never had nice conversations. I was not the calm Christian, not then or even not now. The stubborn proto-Christian, stubborn anti-Christian, resistant anti-Christian, rude anti-Christian. Blessings, labor of love, Hebrews 6, 10. Solomon's Prayer, 1 Kings 3 and 8. Psalms 104, the majesty and providence of God. Romans 12. She has Romans 14, verse 21, and it's got wine next to it, wine. Romans 14, 21. I got the Bible right here. It says, it is good not to eat meat or drink, wine, or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Nothing in the Bible says you can't have a glass of wine, but don't make somebody else stumble. Don't drink wine in the presence of a, a person recovering from alcoholism. And if you're recovering from alcoholism, maybe that means you shouldn't stumble either. I'm sure Jesus had a glass of wine. In the former church I came from, they said, no, 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 it's not, it's wine, it's, it's grape juice. Well, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but it doesn't say grape juice here, it says wine. I think wine means fermented, but I don't think Jesus got drunk. I honestly don't think that the Son of God, hey, my boy, I said, I'm just coming for it. Throw me another one. I have to go out and be a good example. This is the best way I can think about it by getting drunk here. I don't think Jesus was like that at all, do you? We all know how Jesus really was. We know the historical Lord is the heavenly Lord. And he says, I'm telling you the truth. And you know somebody who speaks like that with such care in his voice because he cares for people that he took the wrath of God upon us, upon himself that was meant for us. You know he didn't get drunk. You know. Give God his place, first, best, and always. I haven't done that. Christ, the incarnate word, is also the incarnate wisdom of God. My mother's name was Lynn. She was baptized December 4th, 1954. I believe that was a Saturday because my two uncles and, and my, my, my mother and her sister, so four members of the family, got baptized on Saturday in the former church in Trinidad. And then my uncle says in the afternoon, they had a major earthquake. That's December 4th, 1954. I'll have to Google that. Her father, which is my grandfather, died on February the 14th, 1976. 
He took ill on a Friday, February the 13th, and I believe he died on the Saturday. My mother died on a Friday. My mother was born on a Friday. My mother died on a Friday, and my mother was buried on a Friday. Jesus, my Savior, died on a Friday. The old covenant died so that the new covenant man could rise on a Sunday. Resurrection Sunday is coming for all the Christians who have passed on. Resurrection Sunday is coming for my mom. Resurrection Sunday is coming for all, all the Christians. The day of the sun, the S-U-N, the day of the S-O-N, the brightest thing in the sky and in the universe. God our Father and the blessed Lord Jesus. I love it. The Secret, it's a poem. I met God in the morning when my day was at its best. And his presence came like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. I got to be strong, folks. I got to be strong. You hear what I'm saying to you? You hear me? The calm Christian is a big mouth. Hear the big mouth. All day long the presence lingered. All day long he stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness o'er the very troubled sea. So I think I know the secret. Learn from many a troubled way. You must seek him in the morning if you want him through the day. A poem written by Ralph S. Cushman. Turning the page. To believe God's word is humility, not pride, and wisdom, not presumption. Wow. I used to see my mother every morning sitting on that, on her bed, reading this thing, wondering, what does she see in this book? Why is she so taken by this book of, quote, fables? Why does she think Jesus is alive? Why does she keep talking about him so crazily, so fanatically, so all the time? Why is he on her mind all the time? Because he's alive. Because God is sitting in heaven and right next to him sharing his throne is the man called Christ the Lord. Jesus bar Joseph, Jesus the Christ. Jesus was a man, but the Christ is forever. He's your Christ and my Christ. He's your Christ if you want him, and he's the Christ. Because it says in Philippians, one day all knees will bow down to the Christ, of those, all knees of those above and on earth and below. Everybody will bow down and acknowledge that Jesus bar Joseph is the Messiah and is the Son of the living God. And it says, I betcha, I betcha, I betcha, even the devil will bow down and say, you were right and I was wrong. And then Revelation 20 verses 10 says, the devil will die and all of those with him. Because our God, Hebrews 12, 29, is a consuming fire. I don't want to die. I don't want to enter hell. If hell is oblivion, I don't want to go there because God is not there. I want to live. I want to love. I want to be with God forever. That's the new covenant. What do you say? 
she writes, Jesus, the matchless son of God is the greatest among the great, the mightiest among the holy and the holiest among the mighty. Bow down and worship him only. Matthew 4 verses 10. Matthew 4 verses 10. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And that is why the devil hates people who are with Jesus, because Jesus is with God, and Satan hates God. And if you're with Jesus, Satan will hate you too. But he can't do anything to you unless God gives him permission And he can only do to you what God allows him to do. He's a dog on a leash and he thinks he's in control. Satan does, but he's not. And he knows his time is short, but he knows he's going to die in Revelation 20 verses 10. When the devil reminds you of your present, you and your past, you remind him of his future. He is a defeated foe. He was defeated at the cross and he's always been defeated from the day one. He thought he had Jesus, but in the Mel Gibson movie, remember that? And the devil finds out that Jesus is alive and he goes, he's kind of like Captain Kirk in that movie with Khan, and Captain Kirk goes, Khan! And you can hear his voice echoing through the planet because Captain Kirk has suffered a little bit of a setback, but in the end, Khan is the one who got killed, not Kirk. He is creator, savior, lord, and master of all. Jesus, not Kirk, of course. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Lord, our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, verse 6. He is perfect in wisdom and knowledge. Job 36, verses 4. He is the bedrock of our faith. Have I ever told you, she writes, you are my hero. You are the wind beneath my wings. Wow, wow, wow. Spoken three times in quick exclamation. Trinity, wow. Love is a strange thing, my mom writes in her book. I haven't even got to the third page yet. It is a flower so delicate that a touch will bruise it and so strong that nothing will stop its growth. Think how often we miss love in a lifetime by a wrong gesture, by an unspoken word, by not keeping silent at the right time. Boy, have I violated that command. I need self-control, brothers and sisters. Pray for the calm Christian that he may remain calm and be calm, not just fake calm. But hey, fake it till you make it. But ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. We lose it by the interference of other people, by a lack of money, by a quarrel over a trifle, and yet we cannot live without it. You can't live without love, my friends. You can't live without God. You can't live without Jesus because God is love. That's the operating software. I have seen so many people. I go to the gym. I say good morning to the girl at the front. I say, and people just shake their head and I cast no judgment on them. But if you ask, they don't know God. They don't have God. They won't acknowledge God. They don't believe in God. They don't think he's important. They don't think he's there. How can you get strength from something you don't acknowledge is there. 
Who is the alcoholic? The alcoholic who is an alcoholic but doesn't acknowledge that he's an alcoholic? Or the alcoholic who is an alcoholic and acknowledges, I am an alcoholic. I have a problem. I need help. We all need help with heart sanctification, heart transformation, soul transformation, love sanctification. Everybody needs help because everybody got it wrong except for one man and one man only. Jesus bar Joseph, the son of Mary, the adopted son of Joseph, and now the son of the living God at the right hand of the Father forever. He is an order. He is a priest of the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 110, if you hear it, say amen. I heard you. That's your savior. That's your destiny. That's your hope. Spock can't fix you, but God can. And he will. Just say, I do. It's a marriage. Love it. I love it. The most important thing she writes a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Oh boy. That's not good. My wife doesn't love me anymore, but I haven't exactly uh, returned any kind of love either, if you know what I mean. Ooh, that's kind of cutting. Another thing, may brooks and trees and singing hills join in the chorus too. And every gentle wind that blows send happiness to you. I don't know who you are, I don't know what you are listening on the other end. God doesn't know. God knows you. He knows your life. He knows what you are. He knows your struggles. He knows your problems. He says precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints and the life of his saints. And he will come for you. He will come for everyone. It says God is our savior. God is real. And Jesus said verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me because Jesus taught relationships. Jesus taught other-centered love, not self-centered love. That's the new covenant. That's the eternal teaching. That's the gospel of Jesus, from Jesus, in Jesus, and about Jesus. And it ain't about anybody else including the toxic narcissist that started the church I was born. But God says all, all things work together for good. I was born in a bad system and God pulled me out. The Baptist church ain't perfect, but it's the most Jesus-centric church that was available to me at the time. No disrespect to other denominations, but if you got another prophet in your denomination, and you love Jesus alone, you can't have both. So my suggestion is turn around and run out of that system as fast as your legs can carry and find a Bible-centric, Jesus-centric, God-centric, faith-centric church and put all your faith in God through Jesus Christ. You will not be disappointed. One more thing. And then I'll leave you alone. Wouldn't that be nice? I keep bugging you. I don't know why. Maybe the Lord should tell me to stop doing this. I ain't no preacher and I don't want to be. I ain't no theologian and I don't want to be. 
I ain't no lawyer and I couldn't be. I ain't no doctor and I couldn't be. I ain't no dentist and I couldn't be. And I ain't no bodybuilder, but man, I want it to be. Hey, what do you think about our boy Derek Lunsford, huh? Huh? He's one of the good guys. Okay, Derek Lunsford is a brother and he's going to be in the Mr. Olympia. Okay, the Mr. Olympia is around the week of December 10 to December 17. Derek Lunsford, that's our man. You're going to pray for our man, Derek Lunsford. He's in there, baby. I, I like Andrew Jacked. Have you seen Andrew Jacked? I mean, the man has genetics and he's just big. Wow. Dude's from Nigeria. I think he's about 38 years old. Man, that guy's got genetics. And I, I, I find him to be very humble. I like it on his YouTube channel where he goes, subscribe. Check out Andrew Jacked. Subscribe. Derek Lunsford just looks like a really sweet guy, and he's got a lot of faith, man. Guy's got puddles of faith. I'm praying for my boy, Derek Lunsford. One more from my mom's Bible. My God and my Lord and his beautiful spirit must control order and command and dominate my life accordingly to his plans and his decisions, approve, consent, and direct, must be pleased first and that is how decisions will be made. Decision, dominate, must please him first. She underlined it all. I will give him the morning star, Revelation 2, verses 28. This is at the back of the Bible. I am the light of the world. I am Alpha and Omega, Revelation 21, verse 6. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. Not me, Jesus. I'm reading from my mom's Bible. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. I don't tell you what to do. I ask you to think about what you are doing. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. You will not be sorry. You will never regret it. We'll be sitting down God's will at that table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We'll all be sitting together, parting, laughing, crying together. We made it. We made it through the stinking, ugly earth. We made it through all the, through the jeers and through the cynicism and through the insults and through the slander. We made it, brothers and sisters. We're here with our God and he will dry our tears and you'll never, ever regret it at all because I don't regret it one moment. I regret some of the consequences that have happened. I regret the damage to my family. I regret that I don't have my children. And I miss the nice wife that I married who turned into a facsimile of the toxic, narcissistic, antichrist lady who started the church I came from. She's not a prophet. She's a fake, a counterfeit, a liar, a slanderer, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Acts 20 verses 29. Love is a strange thing, my mother writes. In a lifetime by a wrong it is a flower so delicate gesture by an unspoken word. Then I am the lion of the tribe of Judea, she writes about Jesus. I am the bread of life, John 6, 35. I am the Lord, Exodus 6, verses 8. He is our peace. For want of a trail, the stoves, the, the something was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, 
the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a nail. I don't quite know what that means. But if you ask me to translate, and nobody did, I would say, if you're not there, you have blundered your entire lifetime. And heaven is incomplete. God wants you. Uncle Sam wants you. Well, that's a poster from America. God wants you in his eternity forever. Don't let anyone get in your way and don't let your ego get in your way. And God willing, we'll see each other there. God bless you all.